Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Doze Knows. This episode's being brought to you in part by our friends at On It, Kona Boys, Kona Coffee and Tea, Maverick Sport Fishing, Hurley GoPro, and I would like to announce a brand new sponsor at this time. It's Ola Brew. Ola Brew, man, this is some really good beer. They make IPAs and local beers and um, all kinds of ciders, and they just came out with their new ginger, hard ginger seltzer. Oh, it's so good. Um, I'm so excited to have these guys part of the Doze Nose family. Um, we're going to be getting all into them and some promo codes coming up here soon. So be excited. We're going to have some free giveaways coming up this season, man, um, from Ola Brew, from GoPro, from Hurley, from everybody. So get excited because these sponsors are just making things happen for this podcast. And I'm really, really excited. Um, don't forget, you guys can find me on all social media, such as Dozer Dave on Instagram and Doze Nose Podcast on Facebook. Doze Nose Podcast and also Dozer Dave Barnett and on Twitter at uh, Dave. What is it? I don't even know what it is. Dozer Dave knows. I don't. I don't know. I know. I'm hardly on Twitter, but you can also go to my website at dozenose.com where you can see a more in-depth look at our guests, links to our sponsors, um, and direct links right to the sponsors without even having to punch in a promo code, and you will get your discount right there. It's super, super cool stuff, so go check it out, dozenose.com. And then, um, yeah, that's about it for that stuff. Uh, I'm having a pretty cool week right now. I'm up in L.A. uh, knocking out a whole bunch of podcasts. I'm about to go to Ohana Fest in Dana Point this weekend. It's got a great lineup tonight. The Strokes are playing. Tomorrow night, it's Incubus and Eddie Vedder. And Sunday night is uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then I'm going to go to the Rams Buccaneers game with our good friend Warren Sapp. And uh, so I've got all kinds of fun coming up. And then I am off to Nicaragua and Mexico and all kinds of surfing all over the place. And I am so excited. But uh, right now, I wanted to bring you one of my good friends. His name's Mike DiNicola. He's one of the hot L.A. artists out here. Went to an art show last night. Saw all of his good stuff up there. And this guy is just an amazing surfer, an amazing human being, has just a beautiful soul, and I'm excited to have him on this show. So let's give a big warm welcome to Mike DiNicola. Thanks, Dozer. Dude, I'm so excited to be here. It's been <laughs> a hell of a Stoked to have morning, you here, dude. Man. I know, right? I took a red eye over here and yep. then uh, followed your map. <laughs> to take you to the wrong location. Burbank. <laughs> and I was like, man, I know this is downtown. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm like 30 minutes out of the way. I'm like probably over by Joe Rogan's studios. Or, yep. It just or gave you a chance to really minutes. experience the L.A. traffic. It's a whole thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it was... I, I was came around the corner and it was like what was it vivid studios that's yeah the little porn one there. exactly like, oh yeah i'm home <laughs> yeah, i'm home <laughs> just like home feels like familiar ground spent a lot of time in this place yeah turn around but this place is really cool where, where you're at and um it's right on the train track so you can hear the you train you can hear the train right now that's a commuter on the uh on the west side of the la river uh-huh and my studio is on the east side and the trains that come on this side are all the freight trains. Right. So I'm sure during this podcast, one will come by. Yeah, that one says Metrolink on it. And by law, every train that hits my street, which is Main Street, they, they have to honk their horn. Really? So they say hello every time they come by. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this place, because I, this is my first time here. Yeah. And of course, anyone who follows me on social media, Dozer Dave and Dozer Dozer Podcast, um, they're, and then your 
uh, Instagram as well. They're going to be able to see exactly yeah. how rad this thing is. So, well, you know, my world comes from the intersection of surfing and art. Right. So, like, that's my trip where my stuff comes from. And I lived at the beach for a long time in a little place mm-hmm. where the outside environment was beautiful, but my li- living space was kind of small. Right. And when I moved my studio here, the outside environment at times is kind of sketchy, it's industrial. I'm next to a cement factory, the railroad tracks and all that. But inside, I have a lot of space that's painted colorful. It's, it's full of life. It's like the it's reefs. Like a warehouse kind of yeah. old factory building. This or... used to be a sewing factory. Really? Yeah. 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 So this, now it's, uh, I'm on the edge of Chinatown, but before it was Chinatown, it used to be Little Italy. Uh-huh. So at the end of the block is the one winery that survived Prohibition. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of history, like in this area of L.A. roots. Where the, where the Italians go? They got pushed out by the Chinese. Did they? They did. <laughs> but they still have the winery. And, and, now they, the, and now the Mexicans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the winery was smart because they made a deal with the Catholic Church to where they provided wine during the Prohibition era. So the uh, only winery in America to survive Prohibition. Wow. Right at the end of the block. Wow. I've actually, uh, bleh, I actually saw signs. You know, it's on my up. building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. San Antonio Winery. This is the shout out to them. And um, the other thing I noticed while I was driving in was I've never seen more UPS trucks in my entire life. Yeah. The factory for UPS trucks must be right over here. It's the uh, superstation where they, they drop off all the trucks and uh-huh. they load. Like, that's on my block, too. Yeah. So I have trains, cement factories, UPS superstations. This is, like, truly the industrial area. It is. Yeah. It is. It's but, crazy. But it's, it's the, what, the outside edges of the art district. It's right? at the north end of the arts district. Yep. Yeah. 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 So there is kind of really... The creative hub of the art world is in L.A. right now. So all eyes are on here. And uh, so it's good to be plugged into that with what I do because right. that's opening up other doors. And mm-hmm. different people are seeing my work than would have if I would have stayed at the beach. Right. So it's... Uh, we're in Malibu, right? I lived right on the point at Topanga for 23 years. So uh, I'm familiar with the West Side and was always showing around Malibu and Santa Monica and Venice. But East L.A., I hardly ever visited because it was just that far away. But now that I'm immersed in it, it's a, there's whole other worlds going on down here that are vibrant and exciting and colorful and, yeah. you know, uh, and intriguing. Yeah. Now, we met, oh, my God, I, I, was, I don't even know how, what, 15 years ago? I'd say about 15 years ago, yeah. yeah we met through a mutual friend, uh, Chris. Yep. And um, he used to own or was co-owner of Arbor Snowboards and Skateboards. Exactly. In Venice. In Venice. And uh, we just hit it off. Yeah. Instantly. And uh, then we started traveling to Fiji together. Yep. Yep. uh, Dude, you're a charger. You well, I don't know about that. Server. I love to surf. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the ocean's a safe place for me. That's where, that's where I feel uh, most comfortable. Right, right. So You just travel all, all over the world promoting your art, well, surfing killer waves. Yeah, you know, I, I tried to do the – I did this pro surf thing for a while before really pro surfing is what it is now. We had the, the Bud Pro Tour and all that, yeah. and there really wasn't much opportunity for me in it. And that's around the time where I moved to L.A. And, and I was always intrigued by like film and television and how to tell stories and how to really communicate with large masses of people. You know, that was my thing is how do you reach people and how do you inspire them in their lives? So it's through storytelling and all that. But really, my thing has always been surfing and then finding ways to express the things that I experience at these places that I travel to. So that comes out in story and it comes out in color and most of it's in paintings. But uh, I've created games for surfing and films and those kinds of things. But really at the core of it, it's uh, me being a creative guy who's inspired by nature. Right. Now, when did you uh, start to learn that you were an artist? Like for me, you know, I draw stick figures. Yeah. I'm really not good. Stick figures are rad, dude. That don't, don't underestimate the power of a good stick figure. They can do a good eighties hairdo on a stick figure (laughs) person, you know, but look at the smile on your face when you're talking about it. Like that, you know, it resonates with kids. And if it resonates with kids, that's, that's creativity right there. And I'm really good at palm trees. Nice. Yeah, I'm like really, really good at palm trees. You might want me to do a palm tree on one of your pieces. Here. I want you to do one on the wall. Okay. I want a, a life-size palm tree in my studio. I can totally do that. Epic. <laughs> I got spray paints. We're gonna. I'm gonna plug you in, bro. <laughs> 
but when did you start to find out? Because, you know, I went through art classes when I was in high school and, and stuff, and I just... You know, the, it just wasn't fitting for me. I, you know, everybody has their niche. Yeah. Right? And that wasn't obviously my niche. My yeah. My niche is the gift of gab. Totally. But, well, and, uh, and my gift of... I, I never have had the gift of gab. Right. My thing, like, early on, I was ma- painting and drawing and crafting, like, early on, first grade kind of thing. And there was always an artistic influence in my family. We always had dark rooms and taking photos, and we crafted everything, and... My grandmother was a school teacher, and we learned how to make things with our hands like right. early on. But as I was going through school and I started to take art classes, they tried to confine technique. They would teach you sure. technique, which sure. is valuable, but there was a creative part of me that I would escape to that was in direct conflict with that. So I felt like it was in my best interest to protect that by not engaging in their classes. I just protected my creative little bubble that I could escape to, and that just grew over the years. So I've created my own distinctive, unique style just by living my life and doing my thing and not putting myself through those uh, confinements. Yeah, and and so it was really kind of a challenge growing up when I'm creating this work and I always felt like it was not valid because I wasn't in art school. Mm-hmm. And so I would engage in what I thought would be the critiques of it. Right. Uh, later on in life, I realized that those critiques are mostly bullshit by you know, people wanting you to do things that aren't valid. Right. A buddy of mine ran one of the, uh, the Chouinard Art Foundation, which is one of the premier art schools in LA. And he was saying that like 99, 97% of the art school graduates do not have careers in the art world. They're not functioning as artists. They learn how to create and they learn technique, but they aren't artists themselves like out in the world doing these creative things. So it's, art school is great to learn technique and that's wonderful, but it seems like with anything, even in, in surfing, when you kind of forget about the technique and you operate from your own creative self and your own originality, mm-hmm. that's when things start to come to life. Right. And so as I've just stuck to my guns and I do what, I've, what I do and I've done it for so long, I'm finally starting to get okay with, look, this is just what I do and right. I hope you like it. If you don't, that's cool too. <laughs> well, that's, that's the kind of mentality you got to have because uh, you know, some people are going to like it. Some yeah. people are going to love it. Some yeah. people are going to hate it. And that's, you can't please everybody all the time. Anyone. Yeah. Um, But, man, I think it's pretty rad. I'm looking around at some really, you know, me as the um, non-art person, you know, that goes around and checks out all the galleries. Yeah. I would look at this and see a lot of abstract. Absolutely. um, Collage mix. um, Just... A and there's a lot of, of a lot there's a lot of color. Yeah. yeah, and and for me it's uh it's more that art is therapy, yes. right? It's a way for me to heal myself, to process things that I experienced that other ways I wouldn't really know how to do. Mm-hmm. So it's really become a functional thing in my life where I need to push color, I need to create shape, I need to make sense out of the things I experience. And as I do it and there it's my inner truth, right. as I express that then those things resonate with people. Not right. everybody, when it does, it's really special. Right. Like color, shape, form, they influence people. When you immediately see a piece, you have an immediate response to it. Mm-hmm. And it's in your psychology, it's in your spirit, it's in your history. And all those things are activated immediately. Right. And that kind of connection to me is really special. Yeah. And so when I can hand off my experiences to someone and it influences their life in a good way, yeah. or I see them fired up, or, you know, like that's what it's all about. It's about communicating those experiences through the art forms, right. you know, and those take on and different your forms. Your experiences right now are, have a lot to do with surfing, have a lot to do with the ocean. Absolutely. You've got a really great project that's going on right now with the reef project. Absolutely. I, I, so the reef paintings is what I call them. About 10 years ago, I started doing them. And, and I, because I'm a surfer and I love to surf and I live in L.A. where I'm immersed in crowds and, right. and oftentimes not so great at surf, it forces me to travel to go get good waves to fulfill myself right. and as I'm in these areas experiencing these beautiful things in nature 
I always want to bring that back and share it with people. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to take photographs, but there's so many photographs, it doesn't really do my experience justice. So I started taking canvas with me, and when the tide goes out at these locations and the reef is exposed, Mm -hmm. I get the canvas wet and get the canvas on the reef and fit into all the crevices and shapes and forms. Oh, wow. So I have a window of... it's like a mold. Yeah, so I get it on there and I take rollers and, and brushes and get an imprint from the reef that catalogs that formation. Wow. So then I do, I photograph everything around me, the fish, the flan of the flora, and then I use those colors into those shapes and make a unique painting from that location. That's insane. And so I've, over the last 10 years, I've done six different projects from Indonesia to Chile to Maui to California, all over the place, Nicaragua, and they all have different patterns from nature, Mm -hmm. different colors, different influences. And so in making these paintings that are true to that environment, I'm able to capture a bit of that experience. It's this immersive experience where it's hard work. Like you're, you're in the beating sun yeah. in the middle of the day when there's a, a, a limited window to work. Sharp. sharp yeah. Oral. Like all of those elements to get this thing and in bringing it back and sharing it with people, it also allows me to talk about the things going on in that local environment. Right. Whether it's the runoffs from the developments, whether it's the plastics, whether it's places being overfished and really taking a look at what's happening in that space now and how us as humans we're affecting it so you're seeing a lot i'm a seeing lot a lot of changes i'm seeing a lot of crazy shit damage from yes climate change from human beings well, and now that that's more in the popular vernacular of what's going on in the environment and we're aware that how we're affecting it right that kind of dialogue is is being now more accepted than ever before mm-hmm. and so i'm I've been doing this for a long time, and so it's the things I'm seeing people are more open to listening to and actually trying to help make changes to change that. Um, So it's an interesting time, but yeah, that's the Reef Painting Project is uh, something that I've been doing, and we just created a little film about it, Mm -hmm. and I just wrapped up a show at the Neutra Museum uh, here based on those reef paintings, and we're uh, spreading that to more locations and museums and... uh, you know, and encouraging this dialogue of what's happening in the environment. Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's, and I love the fact that you are bringing that. You know, just showing everybody because a lot of the people that live here, they never leave here. Well, they don't know what's going on. Like right here, this L.A. River. You know, it's a concrete river, but that's dude. It's crazy. Like you know? when you live at the beach and you see what washes up on the beaches, you have it's, it impacts you from. Your point of view of living at the beach. Right. When I moved my studio to downtown L.A. where people aren't connected with nature the same way, Mm -hmm. this is a concrete jungle. Yes. And everything from the streets gets washed straight into the river and right out to Long Beach, right down by the Queen Mary. And when it rains, this thing floods at rapid rates. And the kind of shit that you see flooding out into the ocean, it's a huge eye-opener. And now with the homeless population out of control... Exactly. You know, I'm sure there's a lot more stuff going in there. Well, you know, when I lived at the beach, I listened to the ocean and I was immersed in that environment and I created from that space. When I moved to downtown LA, I'm in the middle of a homeless population that's around 60,000 people right now. Mm. And so the kind of energy, the kind of things that you see, the kinds of things that you experience, it's night and day uh, environment. Mm -hmm. So... I paint to my environment, and you'll see that in the work, but what I'm able to talk about are these kinds of issues that I would have never seen being at the beach, I would have never been able to experience, and they're real. There's a lot of people like going through hard times. Our environment is in yeah. a dire situation. And so I feel like part of my purpose of being here is to report that back and kick and scream and shout as loud as I can for people to try and wake up and do something about it. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, okay, now you're doing all these great things where you're going to all these incredible places, maybe doing something that is right here. Okay. So now the river right here doing a canvas in that. Yeah. 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 And then, um, and then where it comes out into the ocean and, you know, you're showing so much great life 
right now in all of these in these paintings, but maybe show what is the, the bad side too. Well, and that's you what know. when we talk about the reef paintings, those are physical structures out in nature that I'm right. I'm doing this collaboration with. I'm saying, nature, you're in plight. I'm giving you a voice. This is your shape, your form. We're putting it to canvas. And then it's like a conversation between the two of us, right? right? Because it's making that first move. When I'm down here painting, you see these other works where it is speaking directly to the experience and the energy of being here. So that's like being immersed. That's what I'm living in when I'm here. And as we were talking about being a surfer in downtown L.A., being immersed in the energy and the environment here drives me back to the ocean to kind of recalibrate, heal myself, and and get centered. Because being immersed here, the energy is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I can plug in, and it forces me to work hard, but I need the balance, and that is me being back in the ocean. Absolutely, absolutely. So... But yeah, it's it's got to be really tough right here. You know, of course, this is the central spot for you to build your business, bring awareness to what's going on in the oceans, in the world, and everything. But um, yeah, it'd be just like because me, I live at the ocean. Yeah, you know, every day. Yeah, in a beautiful spot where you don't really see, you know, environmental damage except for maybe right more rising tides, exactly storms and stuff like that. Maybe yep. some. Uh, we're just, we're now starting to get a lot more coral bleaching. Yep. The waters are getting warmer. Yep. And like I was just telling you, I just left and water temp was like 85 degrees. That's insane. Insane. Yep. You know, I'm just sitting out there trying to cool off and it's just as warm in the water as it is outside. Well, and being a surfer and an artist, and that's truly where I come from being downtown, also feels like it gives me purpose because I'm here in the middle of this and I'm showing this work and I'm speaking to these issues to people that would not really otherwise be paying attention. So I've immersed myself in the art world in the middle of downtown LA and I'm doing these talks and these shows where environmental groups are coming on board and giving them a platform to talk about what people can do. Mm -hmm. So i Have you done any collaborations with like Surfrider Foundation? Yeah, I've, I've worked with so many organizations, the Surfrider Foundation, Heal the Bay, yeah. um, there's, a, there's lists of them, uh, Drains to Ocean, the Eco Warrior Foundation, Surfers Healing, right. like all of these groups that I feel like me doing my work allows me to tee up the opportunity for them to come in and talk about what they do and, and the actions people can take. Right. So I'm, I'm collaborating with all kinds of organizations uh, to show what I'm doing and allow them to have a, a platform to raise money and awareness for what they do and how they can help. Right. That's amazing. So, yeah. That is amazing. I'm really stoked because I was able to introduce you to one of my good friends and it's now both of our good friends, Cassie White. She's amazing. Yes, on the podcast way yep. back in the beginning. Yeah. And uh, I love seeing, you know, when I look at your work and I see her work, a lot of the same similarities, and that's why I was like, "Oh my God, these two have to get together." Totally. And um, when we do a lot of the same uh, like collage and layering of elements and things, right. and we ultimately we are we come from coastal areas, so we yeah. speak to the environment and the beauty of it. Yeah. And uh, coming down here, there's a little bit more of the uh, tortured state of things that has entered the work right so it's all very colorful and vibrant but it's also like kicking and screaming a little louder yeah and a little bit of like hey wake the fuck up people right you know a little more of that than than just the beautiful rolling of waves and palm trees right. exactly. there's a little bit more of that grit and uh i'm definitely seeing it in her work now yes. as well too you know yes or before it's more animals and all kinds of cool stuff and just and now more skulls and, <laughs> and just yeah, grittier. yeah, yeah, totally grittier. Well, and that's but that's, it's so great. Well, and there's truth. Yeah. There's truth in all of that. It's all feelings. Yes, the feelings that are coming out of you. Feelings coming out, and then feelings that resonate with others. And that's that's like the uh, to me that's the purpose of the practice of creating art. Yeah, it's one therapy for me, but two to hand it off and inspire change right. with that person or with these people. Yeah, I would say like my biggest thing in you know me as an artist, um, my art was always running a bulldozer. Yeah, shaping golf courses. So yeah, um, everything that you see on a golf course is what I would give you the 
you exactly. know, bulldozer. So I did have a paintbrush. Exactly. It's going to be a giant metal machine. Well, and it, exactly. And finding that rhythm and flow to create fun and experience. Yeah. And mean, that, something that's aesthetically pleasing to the eye. You well, know? And to me, everything that you just said and that I see in my artwork relates right back to surfing. Right. It comes down to connecting the dots, maximizing the space you have on a wave, yeah. creating something unique with flow and rhythm and beauty mm-hmm. and like elevating nature. So people look at it in a, in a, in a unique way. Yeah. So it's, to me, it all goes right back to surfing. The things that I've learned as a surfer are the same things that I practice in my artwork. Same thing I would do while I was building a golf course. You know, I'm always looking at flows and how exactly. lines are working. And, exactly. And how things just come together and big bash section right over here. You know? how, yeah, how to challenge people and how to like yeah. intrigue them and captivate them and move them through the experience. It's exactly. like it's, it's a ride. It's a ride. And that's, you know, that's, again, when it's surfing and art, there, I don't, I'm not a surf artist. I don't paint pictures of waves. Right. But it is the practice of surfing, of being mindful and present and ready. Right. And all of those things, ways to read the environment and immerse yourself in it and play with it. Do you ever get stoned while, while you're freaking making art? No, it's... it's go in a different direction? It's funny. I, I've had so many medical things in my life right. that it's like, for me, it's the clearer I can be, the better I am. Right. So it's... I'm not opposed to any of that, but for me to maximize my insight and my like spirit, right. I'm looking for clarity. Right. And so it's, uh, yeah, the, the more clear and alive I am, the better I am. I, I'm the same way. You know, back when I was young, I used to smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Know? And I'd come up with some really, really cool shit. Oh, yeah. You know, while I was shaping the golf courses. And I'd, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't see that before. Yep. And give some new twists and stuff. But, um, yeah, I pretty much like to be clear-minded. when I'm. It's funny. When I was growing up, I grew up in the middle of the surf industry. So I grew up in Orange County. Right. And, like, I played AYSO soccer, and I learned to surf in heats. Right. My PE class for high school is at Salt Creek. So, like, I learned to surf in contests. That was just a thing. And along the way, like, I grew up being a, a good student and an athlete. And there was the whole stoner surfer thing that I was, like, Fuck that! I'm not a part of them. Right. Like I was, I was the same way. I was. The stoner part came later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there was a thing where it was like, it was weird because I went down a different path of. My friends were stoners, but I was an honor student. Yeah. My friends were ditching class. I realized that if I was class president, I could write my own notes so I could surf and I didn't have to break any rules. Did you become? Yeah. So I I learned how to like play the system to get what I wanted. What I wanted was to spend more time in the ocean. Right. That just meant that I had to get good grades. Yeah. So it's not that hard. Yeah. But like I had the ability to figure out how to do it. Right. But the goal, I think, at the time was to connect with nature more mm-hmm. and to have those experiences in those time because that's fun. Sure. Like I love it. And I love it more now than I even did then. Yeah. So it's, uh, it means more in my life now to be connected in the ocean yeah. than it ever has. I, I was never really one of those big stoners, you know? I'd get stoned once in a while. Yeah. And, you know, I could never surf stoned. Okay. Oh, my God. I'd freak out. I'd yeah. Just, ah! <laughs> you know? And uh, But I've got friends, you know, they smoke from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. Oh, there's some and, people that they oh, function so well on it. Perfect. And I'm like, I'm not that guy. I I get paranoid and it freaks me out and, it, and it's like and then I'm second guessing everything and I like I go really internal and then I can't move and I'm, and like, I'm like ah I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. So it's I for some people their chemistry it works well with. Yeah. For me that's not my that's not my jam. That's not that's not the thing that activates me to a higher level. Yeah. Exactly. So me too. yeah. That's good though. That's yeah. Good. But some people like it. I see people that function so much better when they're stoned. I would love to see what your work looked like one piece if you yeah. got stoned. Yeah. And see just how your mind went. Because your mind goes really cool and crazy <laughs> right now. When you, when you look around, you see a variety of work. I yeah. mean, I, 
I paint every board that I surf on, right. and they all have a history, and they all change, and all these canvases, and painted doors, and painted windows, and painted ping pong tables. And you see that my whole floor here is painted to the reefs of northern so Sumatra. It's, I live in, a, in like an organic, living, breathing environment full of yeah. color and life. Now, let's talk about this little guy right here. Torquato. Torquato. Yeah. Where'd you come up with him? So, Torquato is now 15 years old. Would you believe that? Wow. So, kind of right around the time you and I met. Well, we met right around the time when I finished up my project with Red Bull. I created a game that became a series and films and all that that was looked at surfing in more of a creative way. Right. And in that, I was doing all the artwork to create these TV shows and all that. It was based on collage and stencil work. Mm Mm-hmm. And so as I was creating artwork and I had to always put the, the Red Bull logo into it, right. it was annoying because there's this like perfect corporate logo that you had to put into it. And I right. thought, well, if you were to take one of the bulls, their logo is two bulls going head to head. I right. thought, if you were to take one of the bulls and br- animate them and bring them to life, it looks something like this. Yeah. So I, I created this character. I showed it to the guys at the Red Bull. They were like, that's cool, but you can't fuck with our logo, dude. Like, you just don't do that. So I put it aside, and then as I kept working on other projects, he kept, like, coming back. He kept coming up. So I gave him a name. I started giving him a story. started animating him. Right. I started creating artwork with him. I started putting him on my surfboards and skateboards and apparel and all these things. And now he's 15 years old, but the core of Torquato is he represents the spirit inside each of us. says, yes, you can. So everybody goes through challenges and has dark times or their insecurities. But this is that little spirit inside you that says, yeah, you got this. So for me, continuing to spread Torquato in this simple little character form is a way for me to live my best life and hand it off to everybody else saying, you got this. Whatever you're going through, you can do it. Yeah. Yes, you can. Now, you've never been married. You don't have any children. So nope. Torquato is pretty much your son. It is. It's my, it's my 15-year-old son who's like growing up in the world. Uh, and He's about to graduate soon. Exactly. And you might have to do some special graduation. Well, I'll, freaking well, I'll tell you what, what he's graduated from. He's graduated from being in a sketchbook right. to being on artwork that's in galleries that spread like around the world and these things and now he's even on the outside of a museum in uh, Silver Lake here called the Neutra Museum where now there's big murals of Torquato going around as well really with the same messaging wow yes you can like whatever whatever that thing is personally but now we're trying to activate it on a bigger level where like yes you collectively can make change in the world right you can address these things that inherently you know are wrong and you can change them right don't back down you got this yeah so that's, to me, that feels like some of the graduation of living and learning, growing, and spreading further into the world. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So why haven't you gotten married? Why haven't you had kids, dude? As long as I've known you, you've never been married. I know you're a great-looking dude, you know. I don't know about that. All the but chicks dig you. I don't know about that, but I, I've been close a few times. Yeah. And I've ultimately realized that I've been in situations where my life and lifestyle could not sustain the needs to create and support a family. Right. As an artist, like, oftentimes I don't make much money. Yeah, and I, I struggle, and that's, that's a real thing. And so bringing other people into that situation, often the people that I really love, I've wanted better for them. Right. Like if, if you really honestly look at the situation like, a kid, I want to raise them right and have opportunities. And what I do hasn't always resonated in the world in a way that manifests that. Right. And along the way, like I've had some bad injuries where I've been laid up with huge medical bills that have been insurmountable to where it sucks and it's hard for me just to survive. Mm-hmm. So bringing other people into that at times has felt like a very irresponsible thing to do in the world. Right. You know, I look at people and how they struggle and thrive in the world and me contributing to the world in a good way seems like there's other things that i can do that are more beneficial to people than for me to add more grief and struggle to the world sure did you come from a family with brothers and sisters i have one older sister yeah my parents are still in love and together and so i i've seen that model of you're in it together 
And I've been in some relationships over the years where I realized that that wasn't the case mm-hmm. for all the right reasons. Like, there's been times where I thought that that might be the outcome where we're going, but really, with what I'm doing in the world and what, who I am in the world, it didn't balance out and it didn't make sense. So I'm not, I'm not writing off the possibilities of me like having a family. I'm 52. You're same age as me. Where's so, March 23rd. Ah, uh, I got a little bit on you. I'm you got me? To, yeah, I'm about to be 53. What? Yeah, Dose. October 28th. You're looking good, so brother. Send the, send the birthday gifts out, everyone. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't write that off. Like, I, I still feel like a grom in my heart. Like, I, I still have that youthful thing. But I have my aches and pains, and I move slow in the morning. And, oh, yeah. and then I, I got some, some glitches in my giddy-up. But you know, uh, I'm 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 not backing down, and I'm not I'm not going away. Sticker right here. Can you open that? Go from the center. Oh, there you go, bro. You've been watching me do this for like five (laughs) minutes. Probably laughing. (laughs) I'm trying to put this thing on my Yeti. There you go. Quattro on my on my Yeti. I like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to represent. Yes, you can, brother. Yeah. Spread those good vibes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Speaking of getting old, man, and aches and pains. Well, we've seen some shit by now, haven't we? Oh, my God. Yeah. This last year has been so rough on me. Um, turning 50 was one of the hardest things ever. Like psychologically? Physically. Yeah. Physically. It just took a beating. Yep. Um, we were uh, on Oahu. I was with the Dorians, the Hurleys. Yep. Uh, Mark and Katie Cunningham, and we're waiting for our flight. Is uh, I think our flight was leaving at one in the morning, and so we're sitting there, and all of a sudden at midnight, next thing I know, Jackson Dorian starts singing, "Happy Birthday," <laughs> you know? epic. And I turned fifty, epic. And uh, I jumped on that flight, half and, century, bro, a half a century, half a century. And you still think and feel like you're, oh, man, I can do the same stuff as, as when I was 21, you know? Yeah, and, and you can. And you can. Some of the time. <laughs> and so I got on that plane, and we had to stop at Samoa. When I jumped on the plane, I was in the aisle seat. I was next to two very, very, very large Samoan women that had just their arms alone. With the size of a running back's thigh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been in that center seat before. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, I'm in the aisle seat. So I got both all that weight and size pushing me off the side here. And so my back's all jacked. Then I got this Samoan guy in front of me who must be 400 pounds. Wow. Gigantinormous. He's got the seat slammed against me. Yep. And uh, I'm like, I can't go anywhere. So I get, I finally get to Fiji. My back is shot. Just tweaks, yeah. So bad, I can barely move. Bob Hurley's like, Doze, I'm going to get you a massage for your birthday. Awesome. And I was like, ah, oh, thank God. She went in there. Well, when she went in there, she started opening up my sinuses. Oh. Opened me up, and it was just, I, I was just like, oh, shit. I felt it instantly. Boom, I got a cold. Wow. And it literally turned into pneumonia. This wow. was like from my birthday all the way through May. Wow. And That's it horrible. Kicked my ass. Yep. And uh, then I finally came out of that. And, uh, and then it was just little minor other things. And then boom. Your shoulder. Right back in the How did you hurt your shoulder? Uh, trying to show off doing too many push ups for my young girlfriend. At Stud. The time trying to be a stud, stud. <laughs> and, uh, and then i went hunting with shane and uh throwing bodies around and um yeah. and it just tore that thing out and wow. it's been rehab for the last year yeah. well i know that one i uh i've had troubles with my right i've had troubles like some physical stuff throughout my lifetime but on my right knee alone i've had it rebuilt 10 times. Wow. So I've had crazy staph infections. I've had it rebuilt. I've uh, seen some stuff where I've had a lot of rehab. And it's interesting because injuries, there's always a good lesson in them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those lessons come in the rehab where you have to be mindful. You have to be diligent. You have to be repetitive process of 
good behaviors mm-hmm. so you're strong so you can go do what you did before better, safely. Right. And as we get older, we have to be mindful of our minds and bodies and spirits because when we break down, it's harder to, to recover. Way harder. You know? Way harder. Yep. And I'm really excited right now because I'm finally recovering. Sweet. And I'm able to paddle. Sick. You know, I was able to get in the water for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And I nice. Paddled for like two hours straight. Oh, perfect. You know, I gained like 20 pounds. Okay. In the meantime. Well, you're looking good, bro. Thanks, man. But I'm, you know, wearing my big boy shorts. <laughs> wearing the big boy, the big boy shorts. Yeah, they're always off to the side of the stack, and then and then they raise to the top of the stack because yeah, those are the ones you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at right now. So okay. All my skinny boy stuff is put aside. <laughs> they're actually in a whole other drawer. Well, after a, after like a week of being in the water, I'm sure all that's just going to oh, shed gonna so burn. quick. It's going to yeah. burn. So, and I've already started changing my whole eating process. Yeah. Where, um, you know, I'll get I'll, I'll eat before eight o'clock. Yep. I won't eat until after ten o'clock the next morning. So I try and give a fourteen that hour intermittent window. fast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you know let your body start kind of eating some of that bad fat away. Totally. You know. And then, uh, then I only have an egg, okay, one egg, and half a piece of sourdough toast. Probably there you go. Shouldn't be eating that, but um, and then I wait until dinner time. There you go. You know. Well, and do you use like powdered greens and things like that to keep your energy up through the day? No, I dude, have, you... I have a energy drink sponsor called oh. Green Energy. <laughs> Whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> I was going to tell you this stuff I use from the health food store that that works wonders. But I'm sure your works yours works better, no? Green. <laughs> They're just powdered greens. A lot of people make them, but I do that because I'm on the road a lot driving, uh-huh. and so it's easy just to put a scoop in my thing of water, sure. and it gives you good energy, good gut health, keeps you going. Right. right. So yeah, I like to drink kombucha. So yeah, that stuff's good for you. Yeah, my ex-girlfriend got me on that. And I was like, what the hell is this stuff? Now, we're talking about girlfriends here. Which ex? Because I know you've had a few. Oh, God. It's an <laughs> endless list, man. Anybody want to sign up to be the next? Hit me up, man. Dozer Dave. <laughs> Come on down. You are the next ex. You have seen a lot of them as well, too, over the years. I have, brother. Yes, you have. And I must say, you have really good taste. Well, thank you. Thank you. But good riddance to all of them. <laughs> You know, they're all sweethearts, but yeah, well, that didn't work out. I think that's the thing. It's like I, I'm actually close with a lot of the a lot of exes, right? Like, and, I am too. And I and I see them; they've moved on in their lives in good ways, and I'm happy for them because it's what they wanted, right? Like, so it's like I have no I get the random that always wants to come back because it was, they were shitty on the one side, and oh, then and then they learned. They learned, and they're yeah. like. But you can't trust that, can you? No, you can never trust Because you see that thing and you're like, they don't have your back. Or that thing where it's sketchy. Yeah, and you were that best guy they ever had, you know? And they blew it. And they blew it. They blew it. If they're not with you, Dozer, they blew it. I only give them one chance. All right. That's it. Not not two, just one. Just one. One and done. One and done. All right. Sayonara. See ya. I love it. Well, you're in town for the Ohana Fest, so I'm sure you're going to be meeting plenty of beautiful individuals. I hope so. And then I'm going on vacation, too. Where are you going? I'm going to Central America. Sweet. Down into Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and Mexico. Epic. Finishing Cabo. Oh, dude, how long is that, that tour? These You're kidding me. Oh, so I'm gone for a month. <clears throat> oh, my God. That's yeah, so amazing. All you people in podcast land, um, these are all going to be pre recorded because I'm going to be playing and having. Good for you, bro. I love that. Surfing every day, eating tons of tacos. Yep. Just being in the. Too many because I got to be Being in the water, in that healthy oh, environment, being active. That's the best. Yeah. That's. Uh, you see where I am, and I plug in hard here so I can go there and do those things. Yeah. That's become the balance in my life. Yeah, and that's what I've been doing. The last six months, I've been working so hard. Yep. I'm just like, okay, playtime. It's awesome. And it's just me. That's usually, cool. Usually, you know, I can't even tell you the last time I went on a trip by myself without anyone and just doing something for myself. 
when I, I love traveling on my own because yeah. there's something about it where it's true to the experience. You're not bringing baggage and people and like right. other situations. When you can immerse yourself on your own, you're open to everything. Right. Everyone, food, culture, like, and it's... You don't uh, have to worry about somebody else. Well, oh, we got to wait. Well, it makes you more vulnerable to the situation too, whether it's dangerous, whether it's healthy, like you're more open to... to live it breathe it experience it like truly right. and so i love traveling on my own I know. and it's it's a trip some people don't get it but it's some of my travels like getting further out and having that like alone time mm-hmm. awakens things like that are real inside you in a powerful way yeah i'm usually um you know i usually just bring a check yeah you know i want to get late while yeah. I'm on this trip you yeah. know so hey let's just bring a check you know and uh yeah, it's, I'm really excited about this. I'm Epic. Really excited, right? I'm now. stoked for you. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna refine myself. Yeah, you know, it's not like I'm out there soul searching or anything, but you know, I haven't seen who Dozer Dave is in a long time. You know, without family, without girlfriends, yeah, stuff like that. Well, I, I I'm curious to hear what comes out of you after some of these experiences because I would. I would challenge you that your perspective will shift yeah. and your life experiences will bring something else to the people around you. I and that's so. like, there's value yeah, in that. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always, always onward and upward. Myself. Yeah, and that's growth. Like yeah. throwing yourself out into the wild in a way that you haven't before forces you to like learn, react, experience. Mm. Then you own those experiences and you bring them back and you can share them however you will and you will with your podcast. Yeah. It's sick. What about you? What are you, what are you up to? Well, the uh, trips coming up. You know, trips right now. No, I did a trip a couple months ago to the Mentwise. Mm-hmm. I got to go on the Indie Trader Three with Martin Daly down to the Southern Islands, right. and we surfed all kinds of spots I'd never even heard of, and got out into the wild. And I started a series of reef paintings. These right here on the wall, right here. Right. And as that project is gaining traction. Those are going to shows and museums. I'm trying to connect to where I'm showing these works and creating new works in locations where I can help speak to the issues of the environment in that area. So I'm trying to package this thing that I'm doing and spread it out in the world. It seems like there's people around the world that are more open to doing good for the environment and using this work as a tool for that. And that allows me to go out and surf and explore and to express my voice and create this work and allow it to do good. So I'm focused. It's kind of like breathing. You know, you go out, you take a deep breath, you create this, and then you breathe it out, and now it's resonating, and we'll see where the next breath takes me. Well, I would love for it to take you over to the Big Island. Oh, yeah. uh, One of the spots where, you know, we just had that massive big lava flow. It's all brand new ocean. Well, you know, and there's a a buddy of mine from over there that I want to connect you with. I tried to. His name is John LaLanne. Okay. Do you know John? Yes, yes. Yeah. Jack LaLanne's Jack LaLanne's son. son. He's a surfboard. He shaped that board for me right there. He arrived at LAX this morning as well. Was he he on the flight with you? I don't know. He arrived There's this so morning. Many red eyes coming from Kona. So he's in town for a few weeks. He, uh, we're, with his son? No, I don't think he has Does a son. He have a son? No, he is oh, the son of Jack. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. But the um, so he's here. He made that board for me, which works amazing. Um, we have a crazy history together. He actually, uh, when I first turned pro, I left Quicksilver and went and surfed for a brand called Surf Fetish. Right. And he was the one running the team. So they like got me and brought me on board. So we go back like 30 years. Wow. And so as he's become like an incredible board maker, he made that board for me on the Big Island and shipped it to me. He's like, Mike, I made you a board. Write it. Tell me what you think. And it works sick. So we're refining that and coming up with a model. And, uh, and we're doing some creative collaborations because on the... On another level, as I'm taking these reef paintings and my artwork around, me being a surfer and artist reflects in the boards I ride, the artwork we create around them. So we sell these boards as models. Uh So we're doing limited edition collections of painted boards. Um, All of that is a bigger picture, like branding exercise to create money and awareness. And so working with John, 
I hope to be going back to the Big Island to hang with him and you and create work. Yeah. I believe I'm doing a show over on Maui in early December uh-huh. at Art Project Paia. Okay. Then uh, I think I'm also doing a show during the Pipe Masters with uh, Peanut and those guys right. at, at Backdoor during yeah, that. Yeah. So he asked me to come do a show. So I think I'm going to get my Hawaii dose here in the next couple months. Oh, yeah. We ought to have you out there for um, Shane's contest, the Keiki Classic. I'd love to. You know, do something to killer donation to the cake yeah. classic as a prize or something absolutely and then um well and speak to the issues going on but at the same time we can also set up a show there because you know yeah. i'm a promoter over there as well well and that's and that's the thing is is my whole goal as a surfer and artist is to elevate right. elevate the work elevate elevate the issues and elevate the contributions of surfers and surfing yes. like we're experiencing the world in a organic true way that is rare to a lot of people mm-hmm. and those experiences i believe are valid they're important and they're valuable to spread the things we learn as surfers are the way to live a good life yeah. and those are the things through the work that i want to communicate and spread because like that's why we're here yeah you know and so it's all very connected for me yeah and so as is this conversation you, you know well like i said i would love to have you come out <clears throat> cassie's done some really big art shows out there epic and so i think we could put something up i've emceed them epic and uh it isn't so her cool. mom uh, uh, an amazing artist as well family wow the whole entire family okay well i met cassie yeah. through you and yeah. i connected her with people here so yeah, she's doing so things different and then she showed me work of her mom's, which was incredible. Yeah. And I'm learning how deep all these roots go. Yeah. And it's just about the right There's timing. A really big art community in Kona. I bet. Yeah. I this, bet. The whole town where I live, where she grew up, is right up on the mountain where we yeah. grow all the Kona coffee. Yeah. It's called Holuoloa. Okay. And uh, the whole town is literally nothing but art galleries. I love that. And so uh, we have a first Friday okay. uh, you know, once a month. Okay. It's just packed. Thousands of people. Yep. Just come up there and just, you know, walk around, look at all the art, my art. Amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and the same thing here. So I'm immersed in downtown LA, right? Yeah. There's this place called Civic Center Studios, Uh which is right in the heart, like right across from City Hall, like right right in the middle of downtown LA. And they're opening up a gallery Mm -hmm. uh, for the Art Walk downtown LA. And they're going to do a whole... uh, broadcast of my film their studios is like big wow. screens for photo shoots and and productions yeah. djs come in and play bands come in and play so it's a big facility yeah. so they're going to show this film i'm going to give a talk about my work in films and surf and art right. and then we're going to do an art walk thing with the surfer input it into the heart of downtown la wow so like so trying cool. to like to spread word of what yeah. we're about i want to do this with you Let's do it. I want to do it. I want to do it in Kona. So it's on. High five. It figure it out while, while you're over there on the North Shore in Maui, and we're going to yeah. do something over in Kona. Well, and for me, you see where I'm at. That's like a breath of fresh air, and it gives me something to look forward to and work towards, and then I'm there, and it's just, it feels so good. Oh, so I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Now, speaking of Jack LaLanne. Yeah. You know, how was his dad, Jack? Well, his dad. Did you ever get to meet him? Uh, I met him once, but like, grow. We knew him as the most fittest guy on the planet. Well, dude, he would pull pull trains with his teeth. Like he was that guy that swam from Alcatraz. Like he, and like for me, growing up, my dad was an athlete, a basketball player, and these things. So I always had the thing of like, you train, you work hard. It's like repetition. You do reps, and like as I grew up surfing, I was always like. I wouldn't go out and catch one wave. I'd go out and catch a hundred. Right. I'm doing reps. Oh, yeah. I want to catch, I want to ride a lot of waves. And that's been my like mindset. And it's interesting to look at Jack's influence on his son who makes surfboards an avid and a very talented surfer. But he's, how old is he? He's older than I am, but he's healthy and vibrant right. and he's fit and he's like alive. And it's that thing of like doing reps in the ocean, being immersed in nature. It's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's interesting to see that lineage of Jack to John into the surfers, and I'm me being one of them, encouraging me because I love riding that board. I want to go ride a lot of waves on it, so it keeps me excited, and I find that I'm surfing better, so I get more excited. And it's like that's the froth that keeps us young. So it goes right back to Jack. 
Yeah. You know, it's like that whole that whole lineage. Yeah. So it's exciting. Super rad. Okay, so now I, I got to ask you something that uh, I normally ask all my guests. Okay. Okay, we've talked about this. Um, because of your little Torquato who looks kind of alienish, you know? He looks kind of like Japanimation. So yeah, kind of anime for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, my son would lo- love this. I'm going to steal one more of these stickers. Um, have you ever experienced anything supernatural, alien? I've experienced crazy shit in my lifetime. Yeah. We've talked about seeing friends who have passed. Right. I, there was one time in college where I was surfing at Sunset Cliffs, mm-hmm. and a surfboard went through my thigh. The, I got speared. The nose went into my thigh, came out, and it tore my, my thigh muscle. Wow. Big open wound, and you're several hundred yards out in the ocean. Right, right. I bled. I bled out. Like, I, I could not hold my legs. I had to paddle in. Right. By the time I got in, there was panic. Guys put me on top of my board. And if you know the spot, you have to climb. It's right by Point Loma. Sunset, yeah, you have to climb cliffs. these crazy right. cliffs. So they put me on top of the board. People are holding my leg. And I basically bled out. Right. And as I was coming, I'm on, so picture me being laying on top of a board. And guys are carrying the board with me on, carrying the board with me on top of it. I, as I blacked out, I started to watch myself being carried up the cliff. Wow. So I was looking down, watching myself being carried on top of the board by these four guys. And the next thing I knew, I was up at the church. I came to, and guys are slapping me, holding my leg, and there's a, a priest standing over me saying prayers. As I came to, I came to with adrenaline, and I just go, I'm not fucking dying. And I grabbed the guy, he was holding my hand, and I grabbed his hand, and I squeezed it so hard that I almost broke his hand. I, like, came with this jolt of, like, and I started screaming, I'm not fucking dying. There's this crowd around me, and I, like, came to with a bolt of lightning. So I've had some of those where, like, I don't know where I was for a time, but I saw it not from the point of view of me being carried up a cliff, but I was watching me being carried up right, a cliff. Right. Brian Bielman's experienced a lot of stuff like that where he's out of body experiences. Yep. Yeah, and he sees himself and just watching. Well, do you want to hear a crazy one? Yeah. It's kind of related, but a little bit different. Yeah. So when I grew up, unbeknownst to me until like my mid-30s I had a I had a bad heart condition uh-huh. so I had a thing called WPW where I'd go into my heart would race but I wouldn't get blood to my brain mm-hmm. and so every time I surfed or trained I would have this experience where I would start to lose my vision my jaw would lock I'd go into cold sweats oftentimes I'd pass out but I learned to kind of maintain a space between here and there where I couldn't really function but I was still like I learned to manage so I was in for a knee surgery, and they had, they got my heart on tape. And when I was out, my heart went through this crazy pattern. So when I came to, the doctor said, hey, your knee is fixed, but your heart's fucked up. Something's weird. As soon as you're healthy, we got to look at this, because you could die at any one of these episodes, of which I'd already had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So I got healthy enough. They did these tests. I had to go in for heart surgery. So when I'm in for heart surgery... What they do is they went through my neck, through my groin, oh. into my heart, and as and then they injected a lot of adrenaline to get it to go really fast. So they right. could find the parts they had to go cut out and burn out. Right. And so I'm in heart surgery, passed out. I'm strapped to the table, but they injected so much adrenaline to where I woke up in the middle of surgery. I woke up wide-eyed, hyper alert, staring at the machine with them inside my heart. I started having a conversation with the doctors as they're inside my heart and I'm watching them make all these moves and my heart's fluttering like super, super fast. But I was awake and I was with them when they were inside my heart. That's nuts. That's trippy, right? That's super trippy. <laughs> so then they were like, uh, you, 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 you need to go out. So they like dosed me up to where I passed out and they went on with surgery and finished it. But I woke up in the middle of heart surgery, dude, and I watched it. right now. No, go back to no, but I was like so wide awake. I'm like, I was 
super curious. I'm like, oh, wait, what's, what's that? What's this? What's, what's that little thing inside that thing that's fluttering? Doctor's over here. Somebody shut this fucking guy up, man. Totally. And everybody, because all their eyes were looking at the monitor. Right. They didn't realize I'd woken up. And so suddenly I'm gabbing away. I'm talking to them. And I'm curious. <laughs> and the look of the eyes as they all turn to me like, what the fuck? How did wh- What? Put him out. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, that's so cool. There's been some stuff. I've seen some things like, yeah, here and there and in between. Oh yeah, but I was last night on the plane. Um, I was talking to this guy, and uh, you know, I asked him about some stuff, and he goes, "Yeah, one time I was on a boat, and uh, we were way out in like uh, Canada, out on this Indian lake and stuff, and I'm with this Indian guy, and it's a really small boat. He's on the back, I'm in the front, and the fog. It's super, super early morning." And the fog was so thick, you couldn't see anything. And he goes, all of a sudden, it was like getting hit with a bat in the back of him. Wow. And he looked down, and this big bluish purple bolt of light just shot out of his chest. Whoa. Hit the water, and then, boom, knocked him completely off his ass. Whoa. And he turned around, and he told the guy, and he goes, did you see that? He's like... Holy shit, did I see that? You know, it just came was out it of nowhere. Some kind of lightning? So was it some. He said it wasn't like a lightning. He said it was like a flame. Wow. Something, something weird. It wow. Even like a lightning. Crazy. Yeah. Lit the whole place up. Just wow. kind of came in and out and just what? still doesn't know what he says. I have the hardest time explaining what it was. Yeah. Because I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Well, I've experienced things when friends have passed. friends and family and like loved ones where I've seen them in context outside of they're they're already gone where I've had some of those experiences that are inside of me they feel as real or more real than most other things I've experienced so I I believe that there are those there is that realm spiritual um, energetically you know, there's at times when I've been in real distress and things, and I found comfort in those. Mm-hmm. There's been times when those things, those experiences have made me really reflect about what I'm doing and where I'm at and priorities. I th- they're there to help shape and guide you forward. Sure. Um, I totally believe in that. It's Sometimes it's awkward to talk about, but I've had some of those experiences where they resonate to my core in ways that you can't imagine. Yeah. They're, they're, just, they're like a truth that then we're left trying to try and explain it. Yeah. And that often falls short. Yeah. Dude, it's been awesome having you on the show. Dude, I love you, brother. Yeah, it's great you, to see man. you. <laughs> where can everyone find you? Um, on Instagram, yeah. I'm at I am, I-A-M, Torquato, T-O-R-Q-U-A-T-O. Uh, Michael Torquato Di Nicola. Okay. Uh, I am Torquato is my website too. Okay. So um, Torquato is my middle name. Really? And so uh, it's it's how I sign most of my artwork. Yeah. There's there's a couple other artists that were Mike Di Nicola mm-hmm. out there. And so like when I first went to make a website, I'm like, oh wait, they already have that domain. Right. And, and there was one point in my life where I started using my middle name, which is Torquato, because it was unique. Right. And my voice as an artist is unique, so I felt that that was good to bring out that thing from me. Yeah. And so uh, most of my work somehow includes my middle name, which is Torquato. And that's the name that I passed on to my little kid here. Yes, it is. Little Torquato character. Yes, that one's for my son. You got it, brother. Dude, I love you. Likewise. Okay, cool. It's great to see you. Good Thank you for your time, and thanks for making the trek to DTLA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. How many hours of traffic did you sit in? Oh, too many. Yeah, yeah right? You know, and I've got to go do it right again right now. And it's boring to talk about traffic, but traffic is a real thing in LA. Such a real thing. You learn to schedule your life around traffic patterns. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be somewhere at 11.30, and it's 11.25, and I have an hour drive. I don't think it's going to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the show, Mike. Thank you, brother. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, uh, who we hope. Thanks, Mike, for being on the show. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Special thanks to our sponsors, such as Onnit. Onnit has all kinds of great supplements and things you need for your brain, like Alpha Brain. Um, 
Go check them out at onit.com forward slash those knows. Get your discount, get your products, get some good stuff out there for you. Kona Boys, they're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of all kinds of uh, surfboards and boogie boards and bikes. and uh, It's just a great business, man. They have two stores, one down in Captain Cook, one at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel. Um, tell them you heard it on Doe's Nose, and you'll get 20% off. Go check them out online at KonaBoys.com and see what they have in there and enter in promo code Doe's Nose and uh, get 20% off. Kona Coffee and Tea is where I get my morning crack on every morning. They have the best coffee on the planet. They grow it up on the slopes of Hualalai, bring it down to us freshly roasted every single morning so we can enjoy it. Go check them out at KonaCoffeeandTea.com. And uh, or just go right into the store and get yourself a fresh cup of joe. Uh, Maverick Sport Fishing, you ever want to catch that thousand pound marlin or big ahis or whatever it is, go check them out. Captain Trevor Child, 808 896 7985, or check them out at Maverick Sport Fishing Kona.com. Um, Hurley, they're the brand of now and tomorrow. They have the best board shorts and clothing line on the planet. They sponsor some of the best surfers in the world, such as Carissa Moore and John John Florence. Go check them out at Hurley.com. GoPro. Man, these cameras are insane. And guess what? Right now we're announcing the brand new Hero 8 coming out October 1st. Um, But you know what? The Hero 7's badass too. Um, And you can turn in your old GoPro, get $100 off, or go straight into doznose.com uh, website, link in through GoPro, and uh, you can get $70 off your GoPro Hero 7. But like I said, the Hero 8's coming out on the 1st, and we're really, really excited about it. Really excited to have each and every one of you guys tuning into the show and giving me feedback, and uh, just big mahalos out to each and every one of you. Until next time, uh, hoey ho.